This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome back, friends and family, to Awareness Explorers. And I'm your co-host, Jonathan Robinson. I'm with my co-host. Brian Tom O'Connor. And I am thrilled to be talking about this particular topic, which we'll call Beyond Belief, because our belief systems, the good acronym for belief systems is BS, kind of guide our life. And if we can get beyond them, what is left is peace, love, awareness, and joy. So it's a big topic and not one that is covered very well, Brian. You know, people don't talk about limiting beliefs, but we live in a box of a of a billion beliefs that are generally invisible to us, like a fish in water, but they're determining like our moment-to-moment experience. So when we talked about going beyond belief and discussed the possibilities of this topic, what went through your belief system? Well, I don't believe in belief systems. Oh, no, okay. that's a belief, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. A but, very limiting one. And a very limiting one. But I would like to know, I'm curious to learn, what is the difference between a belief and a belief system? Well, think of it like the difference between a water droplet and water. One is a mini version of the other. Belief systems are more of the whole package of what we live within. A belief might be singular, like I believe in God, or I believe in a certain political party. A belief system is more encompassing, like how we view everything. And in belief systems, there's a tendency to not know that they are a belief system or that they are beliefs. We just think of that as that's the way it is. You know, life is a struggle. Relationships are hard. Uh, Spirituality is important. I mean, everything is a belief in a certain way. So we want to know how to recognize very limiting, unnecessarily limiting beliefs and how to go beyond them. And that's a topic that basically you never hear about. So it's an important one to discuss. Yeah. So belief systems sounds like belief systems are a network of beliefs, interrelated beliefs. Like you can believe in a particular party or particular religion, but then also believe in all the ramifications, the rules that apply, the the, um, policies that you think should happen, etc. Yeah, and they're all kind of interconnected like a spider web so that they make it more structurally sound, meaning that it's very hard to extract any belief from a belief system because it's all encased in this very interwoven fabric or box. And most people, if you ask them, well, how do you how do you go beyond your limiting beliefs? That would be a very short uh, lecture for most people. That's right. Most people would say, oh, I have no idea. I don't know how to stop believing something that I believe. Quite true. And that's why Awareness Explorers is here. And we are going to look into that subject and give people 
like 10 different ways to go beyond their belief. And then later a a meditation slash written exercise that will help people to go beyond their beliefs. It's a subject that's close to my heart because as a therapist, I see that most people are living in this very limiting belief structure. They think that that's the only way to live. And until I dismantle it or challenge it, or at least create some holes in their belief system, they're not going to heal. They're going to be struggling in that area. If you believe that God is a man in the sky who is concerned with your every moral decision and is there to punish you, your life is going to be pretty bad. Right. Yeah, I I agree. But I have a question before we get into the nitty-gritty of uh, all of your techniques, etc. Are there some beliefs which are beneficial and some beliefs which are harmful, or is it best to drop all beliefs? Well, we can't drop all beliefs because that would, uh, well, I don't know if we could. I don't think we could function in the world. And, you know, you could say that a six-month-old baby doesn't have a lot of beliefs, but then again, they don't write books, drive heavy machinery, or or, uh, do business. So it's important to have certain beliefs in order to function in this world effectively. But some beliefs are so limiting that it makes it kind of impossible to be happy, like, you know, God hates me, or love never works out, or, you know, I can't heal from this, or whatever. But a lot of beliefs are very helpful for living a effective functioning life, such as, I can do it, or there's always a way to make this work, or the universe is kind, and God loves me, or awareness is always there in the background. You know, they all, everything in a certain way is a belief, but some can be very useful as stepping stones to more and more freedom or love or prosperity or effectiveness. Well, I think stepping stones is the correct operative word there. And I I agree with you that they can be really useful. In terms of if you want to just talk about life in general, then sure, a belief that I can I can handle what comes my way is is extremely helpful. If you limit it to non-dual spirituality or awareness practices or knowing your true nature, then you don't have to believe anything, but they can be they can be stepping stones. And I prefer to think of them as what ifs. Like you don't have to believe that what's looking out through your eyes is the universe simultaneously looking out a billion eyes. But what if that were true? What would it feel mm-hmm. like if if the I that I think I am is actually the universe looking out to my eyes? What would that be like? And so that's a that's a stepping stone. But ultimately all beliefs eventually can be dropped so that we can know our experience directly. But I think that we're talking about how we lead a better and more harmonious life here, right? Yeah, and in order to do that, it does help to have uh, belief management, meaning you know how to dismantle harmful beliefs, and maybe even you know how to enhance helpful beliefs, like the one that you just said. You know, there can be beliefs 
in every religion that are stepping stones to a more expanded state of consciousness or outside of religion. And those can be very useful for uh, awakening, uh, at least in the initial stages. Yep. The question becomes, how do you start to know what your limiting beliefs are? And then once you are clear on some limiting beliefs, how can you change them? Uh, I have lots of ideas. Anything come to mind before I blab a bunch? No, I'm actually really curious because I think it is difficult to even know what your limiting beliefs are. If someone were to ask me, what you know, what is your limiting belief? It's hard to like look inside and find them. So I'm very curious to hear what you have to say on that. Well, I'll use you as a guinea pig, uh, Brian, and we'll see if we can unearth some limiting beliefs here, okay? Okay. First, what's an area of your life that you would like more expansion, freedom, or you feel some limitation? I feel intimidated by or have an irrational fear of bureaucracy. Okay. Uh, an example would be insurance companies. And when you say a limiting belief, what, what does... What does that do? Like, uh, meaning it makes it hard for you to work with bureaucracies or what? It makes me hard to pick up the phone and make the call. Okay. Um, so try this sentence, and you might try saying it three or four or five times. I can't enjoy dealing with bureaucracies because. I can't enjoy dealing with bureaucracies because. I feel I don't understand it and don't know how to do it. Okay. I can't enjoy it because? I can't enjoy it because I get anxious and I worry that something will go wrong. Okay. I can't enjoy it because? I can't enjoy it because uh, I fear that someone will be mean to me. Okay. I can't enjoy it because? Um, now I'll have to make stuff up. Okay, well, that's good enough. So you see, just answering that simple sentence gives you some indication of what the beliefs are in the background that are making you not want to make this call. Now, if you believe that everybody is there to help you and that it's going to be a fun adventure, then you would be like calling them up every day. Yeah, that sure sounds like more fun. Yeah. So our past experience, your conditioning as a child, maybe the cultural conditioning, uh, traumatic experiences you've had, all create different beliefs, in this case around bureaucracy, but it might as well have been about intimacy or peace or relationships or money or any of those things. And by answering that or saying that repeated sentence over and over, you get a sense of you know, I can't be rich because, well, uh, money turns you into a selfish pig. I can't be rich because I don't like to work hard or whatever it is. So that can unearth a bunch of limiting beliefs. And then once you see ones that, oh, wow, that one's really a problem. Like for me, I used to uh, not make any money. I never had any extra money or any money until I looked at my beliefs and I realized I associated money with selfish, busy, unspiritual jerks. <laughs> well, it's hard to move towards that. So I had to dismantle those beliefs. And now I have a lot of money. 
So that was a stepping stone to having a more expansive experience of life. Now, one way to, well, I'll give a couple of stories of how um, I've had beliefs that have had to change as I sought out different beliefs, for example. And one that is uh, we both have worked on together is can spiritual transmissions, are they real? So I used to think, nah, you know, that's not going to affect it. And then I was around teachers like Sai Baba, where I literally could not feed myself if I was anywhere within a mile of him because I would melt into pure energy. So I said, oh, I guess he's putting out some energy there. So that changed my belief a little bit. And then I thought, well, those spiritual transmissions can't possibly happen over Zoom. And you and I have met teachers that do this over Zoom. And my experience, once again, is really intense. So I go, well, I guess they can happen over Zoom. So I'm seeking out these contradictory experiences that show that my previous beliefs were wrong or limiting. And then you helped me with another stage of this. You're talking about how you were watching recorded Zoom sessions on YouTube with Gareth Dignam, that is, uh, we recently interviewed. And so I went to his YouTube channel and, quote, listened, they're silent meditations, where he's projecting energy on a recorded last year Zoom session. <laughs> and once again, I'm feeling all this energy. And I'm going, wow, you know, maybe I have no idea what's going on. And that's a good place to be, where you finally say, maybe I just have no idea what's going on. I agree. Maybe I have just, maybe I just have no idea what's going on. And I, I, I've never had the extreme experiences that you describe with transmission, but I am much more open-minded about it now, partly because I slightly changed my belief about it. And yeah. uh, to illustrate it, I think that it would be, imagine I'm holding up two fingers. Yeah. And I believed that transmission was one fingertip is sending energy across space to the other fingertip. And that mm -hmm. didn't seem. But when I realized that each finger is connected way below at the base, at the hand level, and each hand is connected to the whole body at the body level, and each body is connected to the entire universe, the idea of transmission seemed less unlikely. So that's an example of what I would call a transitional belief. You, you took on another belief that allowed you to have a more expanded vision. And that's a great thing. You know, I used to have the belief that homeopathy doesn't work. And if you read the science, you know, it doesn't make sense that you have one atom in a gallon of water and somehow a drop of that, you know, changes things. But I'd run out of options with my dog as to how to heal his seizures. So after 15 different modalities, I said, well, I'll try homeopathy before we put him asleep, put him down. You know, uh, he was having 40 seizures a day. You can't last that long. So that was like the last thing before we were deciding to put him down. And uh, so, 
you know, the vet gave him this homeopathy and they said his seizures will stop in about 24 to 25 hours. And guess what? The seizures he'd been having for two months, 40 a day, stopped in 24 and a half hours. Wow. And continues to stop as long as I was giving him the homeopathy. And the moment I stopped giving him the homeopathy, they'd start up again. Now, I figure he doesn't have a big placebo effect. So I had to believe, well, I don't understand it, but it seems to work. And that's a whole category of a transitional belief. I don't understand it, but it seems to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't understand how certain things work, but transmission does seem to work. I don't understand how I can visualize something happening and it happens, but I've had a bunch of experiences where that did happen. And that way you're not in such a constricted belief that says, oh, those things are impossible. Right. Of course, sometimes the problem is that things happen sometimes and not others, and that makes it harder to believe. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so sometimes what you can do is look for people who also have this expanded experience. Mm -hmm. You know, you can ask people, uh, one of my favorite questions asking people is, have you ever had something miraculous happen around money or around connecting with someone that you couldn't explain? And if you ask that question to enough people, you'll get a lot of fascinating stories. You know, I've had uh, things happen with money that just seemed impossible. You know, one time I was living in my van, I said, okay, God, if you want me to do this video on how to have better relationships, I'll have to move out of my van and uh, get a place and quit my job for two months. So um, if you want me to do that, send me $5,000. Three days later, I get a check in the mail in my PO box because I was living in a van that was from my aunt, who I didn't know, say, hey, uh, when, when your grandma died, she told me to send you this money at some time. Well, my grandma died five years earlier. And it was a check for $5,000. Wow. So, you know, that helped me to realize, well, maybe money can be handled in a less linear way than I think. And since then, I've had dozens of strange things happen with money or other things. And that has expanded my belief. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you this. In both the cases of the money and the homeopathy for your dog, uh, and this is this is a question. I really don't know the answer, but some people who are metaphysically inclined will say that your beliefs actually create your experience, actually affect what happens. Now, obviously, this is not necessarily very provable, but some people have said that. Do you think it's possible that your belief that your dog's seizures would stop in 24 and a half hours actually had an effect on them, or was it the homeopathy? Well, the truth is, I don't know. And in a certain way, I don't care. I want to have the experience that my dog gets healed. I want to have the experience that money falls out of the sky when I need it. And maybe my interaction and belief with reality does seem to affect things. As you might know, Brian, I was the, I had a, I was a psychic studies major at UC Santa Barbara. 
And it did seem that people's beliefs about psychic phenomena affected how psychic they were. Right. So our beliefs do seem to somehow limit or affect reality, depending upon what our beliefs are, which makes it very important when you find a very limiting belief to do something to dismantle it or make it less of a conviction. Right, right. And um, it does seem that when you have, when you dismantle beliefs that say things are not possible, in other words, limiting beliefs are are related to constriction, to inner constriction, to yeah. uh, and 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 so when you have an inner constriction, you're not vibrating in harmony with the universe, and uh, when you let go of them you start vibrating more freely and for some mysterious reason things start to go your way so that's one stepping stone belief that might that that might be beneficial Quite but true. but what about all the people who say you know i really you know god if you want me to make this video i'm going to need five thousand dollars and then they don't get five thousand dollars. What's what's going on there? I mean, for all the people who pray for something and get it, there are probably a hundred times more people who pray for something and don't get it. Mm-hmm. Is that a belief? I guess so. Maybe it's not yeah. true. <laughs> well, we don't. Yeah, we haven't done a study on it. And you can come up with what I call empowering or disempowering beliefs around any subject. So for those people who don't get the 5,000, they could come up with an empowering belief like, oh, maybe it's not the right time, or maybe it wouldn't have been good for me to do that. Or they can come from a, they can come up with a disempowering belief. Maybe God doesn't like me. Maybe uh, I am not spiritually connected. I'm not supposed to try anymore. You know, so we're always creating beliefs around our experience, and they often fall into the two camps of empowering or disempowering. You know, one empowering belief or disempowering belief I used to have is that I can't find peace or awakening until I move through all my trauma and all my impurities in life, which, of course, takes approximately forever. (laughs) And that's a belief that many spiritual seekers have, and then they come across the idea of direct awakening to awareness, and they realize, oh, that belief was totally wrong. You know, uh, matter of fact, going through all your psychological stuff and conditioning, although it can be helpful, uh, it's not a prerequisite. And sometimes you can get lost in it, and that actually become a a problem for people that keeps them from peace. Yeah, I think that's very good to point that out. Very true. So one belief, one erroneous belief, or misguided or disempowering belief, can really ruin a whole area of your life or ruin your whole life. You know, people die for their beliefs. They actually will go to war and die to hold on to a certain belief. So that's that's a level that we take this seriously. And when you start to see that beliefs are just thoughts in your head that you're attaching onto, then you can hopefully just immediately feel looseness, like, well, you know, there's a Mm -hmm. belief there that says this, but 
the story I got is this, but who knows? Right. But sometimes beliefs are compounded by other beliefs. Like in the case of religion, you have a belief about your particular religion, and you have a secondary belief that everyone else should believe the same as you. And there are probably others encrusted within that. So it does get complicated to actually see them. That's where we get into the the belief system structure that tends to be very bound up. And you point out a, a good word to point out what a belief is or what can show you more of your beliefs, and that is the word should. Yep. Anything after should is a belief. We we should be healthy. We should be good people. We should be spiritual. We should vote for this party. We should uh, anything. They're all our beliefs, and they all tend to be invisible until you meet somebody who has an opposite belief, and you go, wow, that's really wacko. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Should is probably (laughs) one of the most harmful words in our language. Yeah. I remember (laughs) in a brief conversation I had with Mother Teresa many years back, um, I, I had the belief that everybody values money. You know, that that was the one thing that everybody valued. Not everybody values God or everybody even values health, but everybody values money. And so in my brief conversation with her in an interview, I asked her, um, can I be supportive in any way? Would you like a donation to your charity? And she said, oh, no, thank you. We have plenty of money. And I said, well, wouldn't it be helpful? She said, no. After a certain point, it just gets to be complicated and doesn't help us helping the people who are with us. And so uh, I appreciate that, but no thank you. Interesting. Wow. I bet you never heard that before or expected to hear that. No, I had not heard that before. And I always like it when I feel like a belief is challenged, like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I didn't even know I was believing that until somebody came up with something different. Mm-hmm. So I want to just circle back again, because when you said I didn't know that was a belief, let's summarize because earlier you had a, uh, you walked me through a technique of how to recognize if you have a belief. And mm-hmm. how would you summarize that you had a phrase that led into it? Yeah, I can't blank because of blank. I can't become rich because I am lazy. I can't become rich because I don't I don't like rich people or whatever it is, or I can't become enlightened because um, I haven't done enough spiritual work. I I can't become enlightened because I still have trauma from my past. These are all beliefs. And as you unearth them, you might feel that some of them are like really strongly held in your mind. And those are the ones that you might want to reevaluate or do some of the techniques I'll talk about in a moment for slightly dismantling them. Right. Well, I think that's really helpful in that. And since we want to not just spread our beliefs about this, we want to give people stuff that's helpful. I think it's great to summarize that whenever you are faced with a problem in your life, fill in the blanks. I can't blank because blank. Yeah, that's a good little technique. That came from Sanjay Machanda, who we interviewed earlier on Awareness Explorers. Excellent. So one thing I'll point out is the belief of I don't really know is a belief, but that can be a stepping stone belief. 
you know, help you unearth or dismantle belief and be more open to alternate ideas. Um, but another great way of of dismantling beliefs, one which I'll guide people through in the meditation today, but um, is to gather evidence of contradictory beliefs from other people who have different beliefs. You know, if you have a hundred pounds of belief about awakening on this side of the scale, you know, that's impossible. It takes 5,000 lifetimes uh, that you have to work at for 40 years, 10 hours a day. You know, that's a common belief about enlightenment. And then you meet somebody that says, oh, yeah, I meditated for 10 minutes and I woke up. <laughs> or, or yeah, I, I didn't know what spirituality was. And then uh, I was getting on the bus and then I awakened to unity, consciousness and cosmic bliss. You know, or Eckhart Tolle, you know, I wasn't into spirituality, uh, I was depressed, and uh, then uh, two minutes later, I woke up completely. So, so gathering evidence of contradictory beliefs helps you to loosen the constriction of limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Uh, another thing that you can do is to realize that, you know, if your past was different or your cultural conditioning was different, you'd have totally different beliefs. It's not like we choose our beliefs. They more get ingrained in us by our parents and by our experiences in our culture. Oh, that is so good. Because it, it's amazing how much our beliefs are created by our parents, uh, our schools, you know, and so asking that question, if I were born into a different family, would I still believe this? If I were born, if you're, you know, if you're rich, if I were born into a poor family or vice versa, or if I were, you know, born in the, in, in an inner city, or if I were born a different race, nationality or religion, would I still believe the same thing? And wow, that's a powerful question. Because yeah. the answer is always no, probably not. Right. I had a belief hit today where a belief I had was powerfully changed by an article I read. And the article is about this new type of therapy called PRT, which stands for pain reprocessing therapy. And they were saying that 66% of people treated with this therapy, which is basically changing your beliefs, that's all reported that their pain disappeared completely via this therapy. So people normally have the belief that, oh, there's something wrong with my back. That's why I feel pain. And this type of therapy basically shows, tells you, no, the pain has nothing to do with this problem in your back. It has to do with how your brain is processing information and paying attention to something. It's basically stuck in a pain loop that you can just say, oh, well, that's not important. Uh, don't worry about it. It's not an issue. And the pain then goes away. So like half of Americans are in chronic pain. And they say that like 66% of these people can have their pain eliminated through just changing their belief. And this article was written in a convincing way that it changed your belief about it? Yeah, it was in the journal JAMA, JAMA, the most scientifically uh, validated journal in the world. 
Wow. It wasn't like, you know, some new age, hey, you might try this thing. It was a placebo-controlled experimental thing, Journal of American Medical Association, I think Mm -hmm. it is, describing this. And the only reason we don't know about it is because nobody's figured out a way to make a trillion dollars from it. (laughs) So I, I thought, oh, my God, you know, because I had this experience, I used to have severe chronic back pain. And then I read a book that basically said something like this 20 years ago. I read the book and it said, no, it's not a problem with the structure of your back. It's a problem with your brain. And uh, once I read it, the pain was gone. So I do have an experience of this, which I thought was unique to me, but evidently it's very common. And it shows how strongly our beliefs affect even our sensations. Yeah. That's right. But another belief that people have that can sometimes limit them is from experience. For example, in my experience, just remembering things that happened in the past, whenever I got the sense that something was too good to be true, Mm -hmm. it it wasn't true. Mm -hmm. And I realize now that that's a belief. And maybe that belief is not true. Maybe it's just that that it happened that way several times in the past doesn't necessarily mean it always happens that way. True that that belief may not be true, but also your experience goes through a belief interpreter filter. So how you, the information you extracted went through a belief. So your interpretation of something might not have been as accurate or as empowering as possible. Hmm. It reminds me of a story of a friend that I had. And I asked her, you know, do you believe in God or angels or anything? And she said, absolutely not. I said, oh, that's interesting. Why? And she said, well, (laughs) one day I was backpacking and my friends were up a ways and I wanted to take a shortcut, but it involved jumping over a fast moving stream that was about five feet big. And the only problem with jumping over this five foot stream was that maybe 50 yards downward was a, a like a hundred foot waterfall with rocks. So it was a little bit dangerous, but I knew I can jump five feet, you know, no problem. But just to make sure, I decided at that time to pray that I do this successfully. So she prayed one of the first times in her life. And then she jumped, uh, made the jump, and she didn't make it and fell into the stream that then was taking her down towards this probably fatal waterfall. And a few feet before the waterfall, someone grabbed her and pulled her out. And so I said, well, what happened next? And she said, well, it was weird. The person that pulled me out, once I recovered my wits, I couldn't find them. They disappeared. I don't know where they went. It seemed weird because there wasn't a lot of trees in the area and they were gone. And I said, so what did you take from this experience? And she said, well, I took that there is no God and no angels because I prayed for help and I didn't, and I fell into the stream. 
And I said, well, what about the person or whatever that pulled you out? And she said, yeah, that was weird. But, you know, luckily I was saved. I said, well, didn't you find it weird that they disappeared, that they weren't, that they left and you couldn't see them at all? And she said, yeah, yeah, that was weird. But, you know, more important was I was really mad at God for not saving me. So you can see in a story like that, which is a true story, that how people interpret an event can greatly influence how they see the event. Mm -hmm. So what I took from that is that some angel or whatever grabbed her, took her out of the stream, and then disappeared. I don't know which one's right, but my belief seems actually more likely in this case. You don't generally save somebody's life and then run as fast as you can into the nearby forest. <laughs> but, you know, she had this belief going in and it filtered out seeing some other possibility. Yeah. And that's very interesting because even hearing a story like that, we put it through our belief filters. Exactly. And we either believe it or not. And I don't know what's true about this story. Right. And actually, I think that's probably the healthier approach. The I don't know. Well, the I don't know is probably the more accurate because you don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's, it's really a matter of whether believing in angels or help like that is useful to you or not. If So I, I, I classify beliefs more in terms of are they useful for me at this point or are they not and they're limiting or they getting me off into a make-believe reality? Yes, yes. I mean, some people have said that God does not have to exist in order for belief in God to be helpful or yeah. in the case of religious violence, harmful. Yeah, yeah. So if you find a belief that is very limiting or you want to change, what you can do is you actually associate pain to that belief. Like, take the belief I had that you had to do 40 years of spiritual work in order to have a moment of peace and enlightenment. I associated how that was limiting my experience of peace and how I had spent years going through like therapy loops that seemed to be going around in circles keeping me from peace, keeping me from love because of this stupid belief I had. And that if I were free of that belief, that enlightenment, peace can happen at any moment, grace can happen at any moment, that that would open me to a much more expanded experience. And then I started to have that experience. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of a strange story, experience that I have. There's a... Um little video game that I like to play on my phone occasionally. And uh, each level has a certain amount of difficulty. And if I get to a level that seems impossible, I go to YouTube and find a video of someone having succeeded at that level. And shortly after, maybe not immediately, maybe not the first attempt, but fairly soon, I succeed at that level. And it feels like just knowing, just having seen someone else succeed was enough to help me succeed, even though a great deal 
of whether or not you succeed or not has to do by has to do with the random nature of the layout of the board and in any yeah. given attempt. Well, that's an example of you find someone with a contradictory belief or a contradictory experience that helps you out of the conviction you have with your current belief. The classic story around that is uh, who was the guy that ran the four minute mile? The first guy, Roger Maris or something like that? Or Roger Maris was a baseball uh, home run uh, king. Who was, the, who was the guy who did the first four minute mile? Anyways, the story about him is that people believed that a four minute mile was impossible. And uh, therefore, for years, nobody did it. And then this one guy, Roger Bannister. Yeah, Roger Bannister. So Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile. As soon as he did, like 20 other people did the same year. Right. So that happens as a way of expanding what is possible. And they've done some studies on what helps people to go beyond their beliefs. And one thing was a technique, which I'll do in the meditation. It's more of a written exercise for getting people to really look at their beliefs from a meta perspective, from a perspective of that beliefs are always changing. They're not, they're not solid structures. They're not as real as a table and that you can kind of play with them and you can change them with the right technique. So in a little bit, we're going to guide people through that experience. And people can think right now, what would be a belief that you'd want to change around relationships or spirituality or money or anything? Can you think of uh, one for yourself, Brian? Uh, a belief that's... Um, you wish were more expanded or you wanted to change? Um, I... I don't think I have the belief that dieting is successful. How about that? Will that okay. work? Yeah, that can work for sure. And um, and that belief might be limiting you from even trying dieting or having success with dieting. Yeah, it doesn't seem to limit my belief in trying. <laughs> try. And this is this is a known phenomenon in the medical community. <laughs> right, right. But uh, if you did believe in it, you might have more success. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, it could be really any belief. And it's important that um, people have one that, that they really want to work with, and perhaps uh, shoot some holes in it, so that it allows some more light through. And before we get into that, I do want to put a shout out to our Patreon supporters, because I believe that the more you support us, the more we support you with various uh, guided meditations and additional interviews and uh, additional blogs. And um, also, you know, another belief I have is that if you want to make this awareness stuff and peace and awakening more real to you, it's really valuable to have people you can talk to about it. So please, if you like this podcast, uh, give it, send it to your friends and family. And that way you'll be supported in moving forward more in your journey, uh, just because the people around you are doing that. Sure. But choose those friends and family. 
wisely. In other words, don't share it with someone who you pretty much know will have no interest in this whatsoever and think it's totally woo-woo. That's probably not going to help you. Yeah. Though I have the belief that everybody wants more peace, love, and joy. And if you can talk to them in the right way, they'll they'll be open. But that that's a skill that can take a while to to create or to experience. Yeah. Anyways, any last words before we go into a guided meditation exercise? No, I'm curious to hear what this meditation slash exercise is going to be. Great. Well, the way to begin this meditation and exercise is to, if you can, find a piece of paper and pen or use your keyboard, because I'm going to have you contemplate certain things that if you have a written record of it, it'll actually be helpful. But if you can't do that, then just contemplating the questions I'm going to ask you is a good beginning. Now, this can be done with eyes closed, or as I said, even better with eyes open and a way to write down some answers to some questions. I'd like you to begin by choosing something you believe about relationships or money or spirituality or some other area of life that might be holding you back. For example, you might have the belief, I can't become enlightened, or I'll never have plenty of money, or I'm not good in relationships, or any other belief that occurs to you that you might want to work with for this exercise. And I want you to rate how strongly you believe this belief on a one to a hundred scale, meaning one is, eh, you don't really believe it most of the time. And a hundred is, I would stake my life on this belief being true, that it is totally, absolutely 100% true. And one is, eh, I don't really believe it most of the time. Where on that scale would you rate this particular belief? And then when you come up with a number, whatever it is, answer this question. Why is it not 100? Why do you have a little bit of doubt, maybe even a lot of doubt about this belief? And try to answer that thoroughly if you can in a written way, or at least contemplate all the reasons why you may not completely believe this belief. And take your time. I'll give you a minute. In fact, try to come up with specific reasons or past experiences that get you to be less than completely sure of this belief. Another way of thinking about this is, has your level of confidence on that 1 to 100 scale about this belief ever been lower than it currently is? And why was that? Why was it maybe 
at one time lower. You can write about that. It was once lower because of some other experience you had, perhaps. Give you 30 seconds to think about that. Then you can focus on the reason it was once lower. For example, with me, the thought that I'll never be enlightened was a belief. But then I remember it was once a shakier belief because after a 10-day retreat for about a week, it felt like I was enlightened. So the reason it was lower is because one time I had a totally different experience and I thought, well, maybe I can be enlightened. So what reason was it once lower? Or what reason are you not 100% sure of this belief? And focus on that. Feel into it. Could you let go of being so sure of this particular belief? Allow yourself to feel your connection to the belief and then ask yourself, could you let go of being so sure of it? Maybe entering into, well, I don't know or maybe even doubting the belief. Can you feel like a weight is lifted as you release your certainty about this belief? Every belief requires a knower. Could you even let go of this knower? Could you let go even more of knowing anything for sure? And perhaps now you feel the lightness of this new possibility of not being burdened with this particular belief and being open to living beyond belief or the sense that you really know anything for sure and you open into the experience beyond belief to pure experience of this moment. And enjoy the experience of seeing through or dismantling or going beyond any belief, which is just a limited construction of our intellectual mind.
And there's a whole world outside of that sphere. Where is that place? It's everywhere. And when you're ready, take as much time as you want. You can slowly come back to the world of believing there are objects like chairs and computers and things to see and that you're actually seeing something that's real and that you're even a separate individual doing things in a world that's spinning at 70,000 miles an hour through infinite space. All beliefs that you may or may not believe, but are certainly functional for living in this world. And when you're ready, start to open your eyes and take on the belief of all that being relatively true. Oh, thank you for that. That was a fun exercise. Yeah, did you find it useful? Yes, I did. I don't know if this particular belief will change, but I believe <laughs> I felt it soften a little bit. In other words, simply opening to the possibility that it may not be true might be just enough. Like just, you know, to get the foot in the door, to get that wedge yeah. in and open it. Yeah, that's often all you need because it's the the tightness, the conviction, the sh confidence in beliefs that tend to close doors and yeah. tend to keep us from experiencing something more expansive or outside that belief. Fun exploration and one that's important and one that you can pass on to your friends and family. Lion Goodman did an episode on beliefs I thought was very good, including a guided meditation on beliefs, which uh, I believe was number 83. Wow. And if you're interested in this topic, check out Lion Goodman's episode and his guided meditation on going beyond or changing limiting beliefs. Did Lion Goodman have a technique that involved like taking off your belief as if it was an article of clothing? Yes, yes. It was a very effective, very hypnotic, and uh, very powerful. So I just, I do recommend that people try that one out and, uh, and see what life is like outside of our limited intellectual constructs. Yeah, yeah. And, and the only thing I would add before we sign off is that one belief that I found very helpful to let go of in terms of our topic of awareness practices, etc., is the idea that when you are enlightened, you will experience something that you are not experiencing now. Hmm. We're simply not noticing our direct experience of pure awareness. It's not like we bring the experience of pure awareness into being, and it's an experience that we weren't having before. Yeah, you don't have to create pure awareness. It's always there. Right, right. 
So I just wanted to make sure we always, you know, we always circle back to that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and the belief that repetition is the mother of skill is probably a very useful belief. Yeah, I agree. Well, that was a fun exploration, Brian, and uh, I hope it was useful to our listeners and that you practice it with anything that might be limiting your awakening or another part of your life. And uh, till next time, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends. Because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.